one has. So there's balance there. Yeah. So you pull the other one up, and then the other one pulls the other one up. So it's always that balance. Yeah. So um, it's been interesting. But I always tell them all the time, I know you're trying to help, but also try to think about the food. Yeah. So those are things I think about. Um, so welcome to Bible study. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys, are, we already introduced each other, right? Do you know um, each other? Pretty much. Let me make sure I remember everybody's name. Okay, so David, yes. Philip, Rachel, uh, Abby, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's your name again? <laughs> and Seth? Yes. Wow, okay. okay. Yeah. Way better than me. I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me do it. Philip, David, Abby, Rachel, Seth. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Awesome. Perfect. Morgan. Lucas. 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 Lucas's Lucas. middle name is David. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. So um so when we start our Bible study, we talk about um a little bit about ourselves. Like, what has God done for you this week? We start with the talk first. Like, what are you grateful for this week that God has done for you? And or what are you having difficulty in? Whatever it is, if something good, something bad. So those are the things that we ask each other. Like you either are grateful or you want to add to whatever it is that you are struggling with. If you are willing to reveal, because most of the times over here, we tell the truth, we speak the truth. So however you're feeling, if you need help, whatever it is, um, you know, we try to talk about it. You know, um, and I do believe that everybody has a season, and um, you have to discern what season. Like I, sometimes I tell my sister, like pay attention to um, what somebody is saying. So that we can be able to ready and help them. Yeah. So as a gifting, it's just being attentive and discerning what somebody needs help with, yeah. whether they need prayer or you just need to encourage them. So those are the things that we do. So anybody wants to start? What God has done this week? I think for me, I know it's. Um, I was talking about this just the other day. Um, I feel like God's uh, put me in the season of uh, restoration. Because I keep having dreams about like salt air and um, you know in this uh, house we've been paying attention. You know, what, what are we dreaming? What is God trying to talk to us in our dreams? Uh, and what are the symbolisms and whatnot? And salt air for me has always been uh, like a bittersweet type of um, issue where um, I was like basically average in salt air. I could have gone more, but I felt like I needed to stay in the shadows of the like the top players and whatnot. So in my dreams, I would have like scenes where, um, uh, for example, like I'm playing on a top team, but everyone's like, around me. They're not like actually passing the ball to me or anything like that. Um, and I remember those feelings of like even the real game. It's like you are not seen as as an important character, and then God's like revealing like you know I need to start working on that, start dealing with that, so that you know you can start healing from that and whatnot. Um, and so I feel like that's where God is um, putting me. So trying to restore you know, dignity, trying to restore um, the, the shame or whatever during those seasons in my life um, that caused by real life events and stuff like that. So that's what I think God has been doing. That's cool. Anybody else? Anybody want to I'm not really ready. I'm like in think. week was difficult for me to come into to my quiet time every morning about an hour, an hour and a half. 
real early in the morning that it was hard for me to come to a point and a place where my mind was shut off, right? Mm -hmm. So when, you know, how when you can meditate, you can uh, literally try and put a barrier to any thoughts coming in your mind to just let it be still for just a moment, right? I had a really hard time this week coming into the stillness. You know that verse, be still and know that I'm God. Like, you know, it was very difficult, but it was also at the same time, uh, there's just so much excitement in me because we're not only getting a new house, but uh, we just launched our nonprofit and we just started, like a lot of things are just starting to happen now. And I, I think we're on the back end of the coronavirus. So I think there's, uh, we're in a season like kind of, a, of initiation, like um, uh, really God wants to put us in a place where we have to totally depend on him for everything. We can't uh, operate uh, in um, not asking for our daily bread, but not specifically food, but like our, our, the things that we're going to need to go glorify him throughout the world. And um, we're just, I'm just being stripped of so many things, for example, pride, like I, I, maybe five or ten different times this week I had a big gut check about how little I know as opposed to how much, you know, I, uh, I let my head, my head swell really big and then somebody throws a rock and then it deflates and then it blows right back up and then, uh, that, you know, definitely in a, a position to be humble and humility, hopefully as I'm, as I seek it is starting to break through and not so much pride and big headedness coming out, but yeah. That's so cool. I think, um, for me, that's the same thing, um, understanding um i had a um, revelation yesterday um so being a dimension i'm a dimensional person so i'm always like inside somewhere so basically um yesterday i was um, spending time with god and um as i was spending time with god it was just like i was reading the book you know i feel yeah. like the book so i sat over there and i was just like oh my gosh i know what season i'm in and i was like oh my gosh you know just understanding the timing of god and everything else being able to discern what god is up to you can actually tell what god is up to you can't pinpoint it but you can tell what's gonna um come especially when you know that you're spiritually pregnant with something right so it was Whoa, just beautiful metaphor That's yeah <laughs> he needs to read the book <laughs> i'm making everybody else read the book <laughs> i'm like so that way they don't think that i'm kind of like a cuckoo person I'm like, what? I'm so i do that so anyway, as I was sitting down and I read the book and then I went on Facebook and I know sometimes when God is speaking to me, he uses other people sometimes. So I went on Facebook. I think it's a video that I sent you guys. Did you check it out on Facebook? I think you sent it this morning, right? Yeah, because I'm always up at night. <laughs> so that's this morning. So yeah, did you watch it? Did you watch it? Oh my goodness, you guys stink on that part. Just saying. <laughs> but anyway, the video itself was so powerful. It was just um, saying that you are not waiting for God because God has already spoken everything over your life. Mm -hmm. You are waiting. You're not waiting for God. You need to start moving in the uh, prominence of what God has called you to be in, right? And the, the factor is that we get scared, but it is up to you when you spend time in the presence of God. So you have to push through in prayer. You have to travel in prayer and just sit over there until something moves, until something goes through. And that's what the lady was explaining. She's like, you need to position yourself so that way you can be able to hear the instructions of what the Holy Spirit is telling you in that season. So when I got to that point, I sat on my bed, I'm like, I got it. I was like, God, I got it. <laughs> That's what I'm telling him. You know, I got up and I was so excited. I'm like, I got it. I was like, I get what you're trying to say. Because my problem, I think I talked to Morgan last night. My problem was, you know, the spirit of pride. 
and you know understanding like well god what about me you know all those people are having this and i've i've, I've praised you to have done that it's not the fact that god doesn't want to give me what he wants it's the timing of it it's just me not understanding the timing and positioning myself to receiving but i was grumbling like the israelites were grumbling right where's my phone there's some points that i took on the Wow. Is it? No, it's down to it. I was about to say, I'm like, did somebody magically take my phone? So um, the points that I had were, um, so the areas when we get tested, we don't understand to believe that God will provide. So the whole point is God, it's not that you cannot go by yourself. God wants to be there. So he wants you to know that he'll provide for you, just like the Israelites. Whenever they, um, the manna, right? God gave them the manna to eat. God provided everything. God told them, I'm going to give you this. But in that moment where they were in the wilderness, they were like, oh my gosh, um, you know, we're eating the same thing. That's all we do, right? I'm doing the same thing. What's going on? You know, and God is like, no, it's your hearts. I need to condition your hearts. When you get tired and weary in that season, I'm just checking your hearts. And you're like, oh my gosh, can we have some quail? You know, the Israelites. <laughs> and then God gives them quail. And then guess what? He makes them sick because what he was like you can eat it have it he didn't he didn't do it like because he was angry so he's like you can have whatever you want like all the meat you didn't appreciate when i gave you all the stuff that you're supposed to get and the next point that she said was uh believing what god has spoken right so in the wilderness when you're walking in the wilderness not understanding when god is stripping you off your pride and off everything else you know he's telling you um hold on to my words hold on to the things that i gave you already it's not that i'm gonna not do one because we understand that god is not a man that should lie no a son of man that he should change his mind right so he speaks and his word will never return void everything that he started in you it doesn't matter what you do how you know wicked you are and that's what the things that i've noticed about you know the israelites no matter what they did god still honored his word so understanding that god will still honor his word over your life that was the other the other revelation and the last one was worshiping god with all your hearts like not worrying about anything so in that moment instead of being grumbling i was like let me be grateful and humble myself before in that moment i was like oh my gosh i'm so sorry you know when that happens so i was just excited to understand and i knew in that moment i was like oh my gosh and then i heard the lord say you passed the test so i was like cool and then my worship just changed because the worship at first was resisting because i didn't understand the whole points so i was having a hard time worshiping but whenever i broke through i was able to worship free so, and that's my little um, epiphany from that. Um, yeah, anybody else? I thought we were going to do it. Oh, no, no, no. I added mine, but I ended up finishing mine. Oh, so, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I get excited. <laughs> so, it's actually been a rough uh, couple of weeks for me because I just got out of the hospital on Thursday. Um, I ended up losing quite a bit of blood from my body. Transfusion and, and whatnot, but yeah, we still don't know what happened. And, uh, we're still like running tests and doing all that. But don't worry, he doesn't have COVID. They did test; uh, came back negative, but we like, again, we still don't know. Um, but it has taught me like so much. First, it's taught me to be in tune with my own body. You know, uh, to to learn like if something is wrong. I need to seek help immediately, right? Yeah. And not try to push myself. Um, another thing it's taught me is it, you know, 
you know, when something bad happens, you always try to run to God. Yeah, it got me closer to God again, you know, as usual. Um, and now I'm, uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just closer to God now, and I, I pray. I, w- I won't say I pray more, but it, it helps me to, it helped me, that time I took off from, because I, I had to take off of work and everything like that, but that time I spent off, I wor- uh, worshipped, I also read the Bible, and, um, you know, got some revelations from his word and, and whatnot. So, it, yeah. It's, yeah. Pushed. What happened were your symptoms that you had to go to the hospital? Um, so, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> um, so, last Monday, um, I ended up basically, I had, it's going to get disgusting, but I had blood in my throw up and in my stool. Um, so then we went to the ER, tried to see what was going on. My blood levels when I got to the ER were normal, but then the next day I ended up fainting on the ground in the bathroom upstairs. And that's when we realized that, okay, this is an actual problem. So um, fast forwarding a little bit, the, the throw up and the stools kind of stopped, but then I still had to, uh, I still yeah, had headache. like symptoms. I had a headache and I just felt super weak and dizzy all the time. So um, we went back to the ER and they took another blood test and that's when they found out, yeah, you lost you know, a significant amount of blood. We need to do a transfusion. They transported me to Baptist South. Uh, they did the transfusion. It was successful. Also found out that I, my blood type is O positive. That's what I am too. Oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> you're, 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 you're <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're the universal recipient. <laughs> uh, recipient or donor? Donor. I'm a universal donor. It's a donor? Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I can only accept O negative, but everyone can accept my blood, yeah. which is a great uh, revelation. I think that's, Dad always had that one. Dad? Oh. I think so, yeah. Um, so your blood was leaking out into the rest of your body? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they tried to wait for the COVID test to come back before they stuck you know, a camera in there to try to see what was going on. Uh, came back negative, they did the examination, they found everything looked normal, right? But then they took a little piece of there and they sent it over to the lab to see what's going on. Um, yeah, that's the story. So when do you get those results back? Uh, I have to go back in two weeks um, to a gastroenterologist where they just go over everything. Oh, so they're thinking it's a GI issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, At first, they thought it was just food poisoning because, you know, uh, the throwing up and whatnot, but then it turned into something more serious. But they couldn't find anywhere in your body where it was actually leaking out of, like any tissue that was damaged or anything? Mm -hmm. Wow. It's weird. It's super weird. Let's pray over there, guys. Can we pray over there real quick? Yeah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for allowing them, or for them allowing us to come into their home, Lord. We thank you for all their hearts, God, all their minds, all their souls, God. Uh, Heavenly Father, we're just begging you for provision, for protection over David, God, as he encounters uh, whatever is out to uh, steal, kill, and destroy his body, Lord, that your provision, your protection is stronger, and uh, your plan for his life is beautiful in your eyes and his eyes and our eyes, God. What you have in store for him is something incredible God that um, we're just uh, really excited to get to know him to see Lord we just ask that you just be with him in this time and to help the doctors that are trying to discover what this is um, Lord just guide their hands their eyes their intuition 
uh, their intelligence, Lord, to um, just help them in this time, uh, not just receive a diagnosis, but to be able to come out on top of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. But no, I do feel incredibly, uh, I feel way better than last week. Um, I'm getting up, I'm walking around, I'm eating, and uh, they gave me some iron medication to get my iron levels back up. But yeah, everything is basically going on the uphill now. Yeah. That's so creepy. Nothing like that's ever happened before, huh? No, no. I do have like stomach problems because I'm allergic to lactose and all that stuff, but no, this is different. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, you went? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Rachel. You can go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, this week has been, it's been pretty good. I mean, being more, like, consistent with, like, my prayer life. Um, waking up at, like, 5 a.m. And, like, around that time, just spending, like, that time with God. And also, like, I guess when it comes to, like, work, looking at it, like, am I doing it because I want to do it? Or am I doing it into, like, honoring God as I do it? Mm-hmm. What do you do for work? Uh, I do, like, home health aids. Oh, um, cool. Home, work? home health aids. And oh. I guess, um, what do you call it? Um, I, I work, at, I'm, like, I was work, I'm working at five below, but I'm about to, like, this is, like, my last week or so. Okay. But, and then I also got, like, supposed to test for my CNA. Wendy's 
and <laughs> we got the sandwich. <laughs> and so like it's like things like and it sounds like oh okay, but I don't want it to, like it's starting to like control me in a way, you know, like we were like the last few times that I've fasted, like it's always it Harder. ends early because I can't like and I there's always like a valid reason for me to stop. Like, mm-hmm. oh like I need to stop because of this or I need to stop because of that. But like at the end of the day, like it just comes down to like this like obsession with just like, oh, what do I need to eat? Like I just want to eat something. Like um and especially with like sugar. And so my I just told Lucas like before we came, I was like first of all <laughs> I made cookies. <laughs> Job, right? 
So we understand that. God speaks through dreams. So those are the other things. He announces himself. And other times you would know. And you would know which ones are your babies in your dreams. Like you would know. You would be like, this is not my child. Because <laughs> I can tell. I'm like, this is a demon. This is my child. That's not my child. You can tell. So you can see all those things in the spiritual realm. So God was, you know, trying to, you know, when you hear him talk, as he does, you can hear him talk. He, he announces himself. So I believe that's your baby. And he's telling you what's going to happen in your life. So be ready to. And make sure you write, write the last part down. Like whatever you remember. Just. And sometimes he can repeat himself. You can ask him to repeat your dream again if you want. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because I have like I've had recurrent dreams of like pregnancies, and I told you like this before. Like since I was probably in high school, like I have all different. It's it used to be, and it's pretty. I don't know. It, I, there's two different types of dreams I've had like recurrent, like um, being pregnant and like something with alligators. Like those two dreams oh, I've had. Like, <laughs> But I won't even be thinking about them or like see them anywhere, and it'll just be I've had like so many different ones, like different storylines. Yeah. But the ones with the pregnancy, like the way they used to be, was that I would have I'd be pregnant, and then I'd be getting ready to have the baby, and I'd be like so worried that I wasn't prepared enough or something, and like I'd be freaking out, and, I'm, and then they'd be asking me like, oh, do you want an epidural or do you want to have the baby natural? And then I'm like, I don't know, like I want to have it natural, but I feel like I'm not prepared, like. And it would always be like that. Yeah. And then just a couple weeks ago, I had, for the first time, I had one where I was actually prepared for the pregnancy, and I had the baby, and it, like, went fine. Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, I told Lucas, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, it was the first time I ever had one like that. Like, it was so weird, so yeah. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so welcome to the life of understanding dreams. These, when we're here, oh, we talk about is dreams. So basically what God is trying to tell you, this is just, um, the spirit realm is very interesting because you have to understand, you're, you're a spirit being, so when you go in the spirit realm, God is showing you about yourself. When you have, um, we're going to learn a little bit about spiritual warfare, me and you, that's what we're going to do. So <laughs> when we have, um, what is it, when you dream in your dream um, about babies, basically you can know who's your child, like I told you, when you get pregnant, you have to know, so whatever it is that you're fearing, so that means you overcame whatever fear you had because you have different, um, what is it? You have different, I guess, seasons of moving in dimensions. You know how the Bible says we go from glory to glory or we go from round to round of the supernatural. So that's basically what happens. So the more you push, it's just the same thing. Like I told you the, the book. So when you're pregnant in the spirit, so every time when you kept on doing that, fear was stopping you from having a baby. But you had your baby, so which is really good. So that means you're in the next season of your life. But you have to learn how to discern the time. You have to learn how God speaks to you and know what season you're operating. So when you have opportunities, when uh, you have encounters in the earthly realm for the positions that God has um, given you so you can be able to receive them and walk in that season that God has given you without actually repeating yourself. Because sometimes a lot of people don't understand that we end up repeating our seasons. That's why I used to tell my sister all the time, I'm like, you need to pass your test because you keep on repeating the same thing. (laughs) You have to keep on... Paying attention. Pay attention to what God is trying to tell you. Pay attention to what God is teaching you so you can pass your test and keep on moving. Because that's why people go like, oh, I feel like, you know, it's a curse. No, it's not a curse. You just have to learn the lesson so you can get away from whatever it is that you need to move from so that you can move. Because we do have the authority in Christ. And, you know, by his, when we believe in Jesus Christ, every curse is broken. That's, you know, because a lot of people try to scare us and go like, you need to do so much. You know, you need to do all this stuff. Yes, you prayed about the generation of curse. Now, it's up to you to push through 
and believe that the blood of Jesus is powerful enough to break every curse that has ever happened in your um, bloodline. So those are things that, um, you know, and then, um, and you did say you work in the business world, right? Mm -hmm. So basically when you see gators and stuff, those are called Leviathan spirits. They operate in the um, corporate world. Yeah, those are like big spirits that are very intimidating. So that means you might have somebody who, um, in your office, who, and then you might, sorry, you might have a position in business that is very powerful in a sense of like that. Whatever God has called you to do in business, it's very powerful. If you see a gator, that means your calling is very powerful. That's, my brother had a gator. He always used to have a gator. And I used to, like, because what happened with me is like, Sometimes they cannot see what I, what I see. So I remember one time, it was like this house, and then my brother, me and my brother was sitting on the couch, and the gator was trying to come in the house, trying to get my brother. And I, was, I closed the thing, and I kept on telling him, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go, in the dream. So I, and then after that, I learned about the, the Viathan spirit, which is basically um, a, marine, a marine spirit, and those are like different kind of demonic forces that are very powerful because they come in the, they work in the government, big corporate world and stuff like that. So that means there's somebody who does not like you in the business world. So, <laughs> Mr. Kevin? Oh yeah, yeah, I will send you guys some videos about Mr. Kevin so you can learn about spiritual warfare. As long as you're not squeamish about stuff. Sometimes you go in the dimension and you're like, what the heck is this? You know, it's uncomfortable, but when you become a Christian, there are things that Jeremiah chapter 33 verse three says, Call unto me and I'll answer and I'll show you hidden things that you have not yet known, right? The word of God is a mystery. So there's some things that only when you believe in the supernatural, you get to see all the stuff. You know, you get to understand, huh? Yeah, and especially that you guys want to go to Africa. Africa is a big place for spirituality. It is. It is weird a lot. Yeah. So um, being equipped in this way and knowing how to fight it, in the spirit realm where these people are illegally having access to and help in yeah. their fight against it. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, there's just a lot of people who, they go into the mission field and they don't know what's like what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all physical, they're like, ah. Yeah. So, and those are things that you have to understand. And my grandma used to tell me a lot of stories about like missionaries because our grandparents were missionaries. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> now I have to think about it I'm like yeah they were well granddaddy was so when you understand that you know you understand that mindset because a lot of people the whole point of spiritual warfare is not to be like okay exalting the enemy God is more powerful than anything the enemy was created by God and that's it's just understanding the authority I'm telling you I was the most scared person ever like every time I, I, I used to go like you can tell when a spirit in the house so I used to be like there's something in here I'm not understanding why or I'll, I'll go to sleep and then I'll, my eyes, my spiritual eyes will open and I can see everything around me. Like I will sleep, but I can see everything around me. And I can see what's walking in the house. I'm like, this is kind of creepy. At first I used to be so scared. I'm like, why am I dreaming like this? I'm like, are these dreams or am I sleeping? What's going on? You know? And then you have sometimes when I, whenever, um, you know, when I graduated from a different level, I remember one time I had demons pulling my blankets like that. Can you imagine? And I was scared. I'm like, I'm gonna pretend like that. <laughs> That's what I used to say all the time. I was like, I'm gonna pretend like that didn't happen. But at the end of the day, it's understanding your authority and moving your authority and understanding that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. They're actually scared of us. And um, yeah. That's the thing. But I'm gonna teach you spiritual and understanding your birthing process. Um, 
I teach the same thing with my, my little sister, understanding about, like, just understanding why women have a hard time with, um, you know, when the when God says that, what is that verse in Genesis when um, Adam and Eve and then God uh, puts a curse on the, uh, the word, I can't pronounce it, what is it called? Enmity. Yeah, when he says you're going to have enmity with the between you and the woman's seeds. That's the reason why women go through a lot of things because, you know, a lot of women get raped and all that stuff because the enemy doesn't like that. Yeah. So, and women are very powerful. We're very powerful because we have power when it comes to like praying and stuff like that. So the, once a woman knows her power in God, the enemy's like, oh, I need to run away. So those are the things that get from that. So, yeah. So that's pretty cool. So we are going to do, um, I think we're going to just do two song worship. Um, so we do speak in tongues. I don't know if you guys. So we do speak. <laughs> saying everyone to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. You there? Okay. <laughs> Alright, perfect. Okay, so uh, first we uh, I'm going to start off with a prayer and um, so that we can invite God's presence into this place right now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to fellowship and be together um, and to uh, meet new people as well, Lord Father God. I thank you for everything that you have done for us, for your, your peace, your protection, your love, and just everything that you do for us every single day that we take for granted, Lord. I pray that this Bible study goes smoothly. I pray against the spirit of confusion or the spirits of distractions or anything like that. And um, Lord, thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, Ephesians, or today we're going to be talking about the Paul of that letter. Oh, wow. The letter that Paul <laughs> wrote to the people of Ephesus and Ephesians. Um, and a little fun fact about the New Testament, about one-third of it is basically uh, the various, or the letters that Paul wrote to the various people and churches. So for Rome, it's the Romans. Uh, for Romans, it's the Rome, people of Rome. Uh, for Galatians, people of Galatia. Ephesians, Ephesus, Philippians, Philippi. Colossians, uh, people of Colossae. And Thessalonians, the people of Thessalonica, uh, do whatever you want with that information. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but um, so um, I'm going to start off by reading the intro that the uh, Bible app uh, that we use. Uh, basically, it goes into what the book is going to be about, uh, what you can or uh, what you can and should interpret from the book. So. So here is the intro for Ephesians. Paul here presents a twofold pattern, first explaining the new identity believers have in Christ, and then bringing out the implications for the new way of life. God has brought everything together under the rule of the Messiah, exalting Jesus above all things. Paul echoes a phrase from Psalms 8, God placed all things under his feet to show that Jesus is the, is, 
is the truly human one. Jesus fulfills the original human calling uh, to rule over the creation property. Jews and Gentiles have been brought together into one body with Jesus at the head. God is now creating one new humanity from all over the world through the responding work of the Messiah. This means that Jesus' followers must give up their former way of life and practice purity in daily living and integrity in their relationships. The reciprocal responsibilities of those in and under authority are used as key examples of the new kinds of relationships God is expecting. Paul cautions his readers that they are entering a spiritual battle. They must arm themselves with all the resources God has provided until the Messiah brings unity to all things in heaven and on earth. Also, I don't know if it's like the medication, but it feels like my tongue is like being held, so just bear with me for the That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 God holds your tongue all the time. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Ephesians chapter 1 um, is broken up into two sections. First section is praise for your spiritual blessings in Christ, and the second section is thanksgiving and prayer. I'll try to break the whole chapter down into chunks based on what the Holy Spirit had uh, revealed to me while reading. Um, so starting with Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 through 6, because 1 and 2 are more like a, an intro, basically greeting the people um, of the church of Ephesus. So, um, so chapter, uh, yeah, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So what I interpreted from these four verses is that God is trying to tell us that he blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that the heavenly realm can offer, which is amazing, right? So he just freely gave us all these blessings. Uh, no, like, we don't have to pay for it, right? So he just gave it to us as a gift from him, from his heart, from his love. And before he created the earth, he wanted us to be holy and blameless but of course that didn't last very long uh, with Adam and Eve there with uh, that one mistake. Uh, but however, he predestined us to adopt, uh, to be adopted as his own children through Jesus. So, you know, we know about adoption agencies, we go to them, uh, they make us sign a bunch of papers and we are presented with children and whatnot. But this way, um, he's using Jesus to adopt us into the kingdom of heaven. So in this context, predestination isn't what we normally know it as. So we, we heard predestination is like everyone is predestined to either go to heaven or hell. Um, I personally don't believe in that because I, I feel like everyone can and will. Everyone has the opportunity to be saved, right? Um, but predestination in this context, I believe, means, uh, according to a uh, another version in the Bible app here, that basically breaks down uh, each and every verse. Uh, it's called the Amplified Version. Um, the Amplified Version says he pre-planned with loving intention 
for us to be adopted using Christ and always ultimately to glorify him in the end. Yes. Um, well, do we have any questions, comments? Yeah, I think the, you made me think of something I used to struggle with, which was the definition of predestination. Mm. And later on in the epistles, Paul talks about it's God's desire that everybody comes to know him. And there was a, there, there's nobody left out in the in the phrase of predestination. God wants all children to come home yes. to him. All of us. There's not one to be left behind. That's his desire. Yes, and I love how you just broke that down. That was good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, so we're going to move on to verses 7 through 10 here. Uh, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace uh, that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his, uh, of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So, <clears throat> starting off with verse 7 here, uh, we have been redeemed by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we, uh, or we all familiar with the gospel Christ sacrificed his life on the cross. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, no sin, shame, guilt, worldly burden, anything negative placed against your life will stick because of his cleansing blood. So if you mess up, no matter what, you will always be forgiven because Jesus did that for you. He sacrificed everything for you. He took all your sin down to hell so that we could be free and have a second chance. Um, coupled with God's grace, every time we do mess up, will always be forgiven but there are always consequences to sin no matter what the sin is if it's a small white lie or if it's murder i guess that's another <laughs> sin. Um, but that doesn't mean just because we are forgiven though that doesn't mean we should just continue sinning right we should learn our lesson from that sin we should feel the guilt and conviction for that moment but we shouldn't uh keep it in our hearts we shouldn't feel guilty we shouldn't beat ourselves up for it all the time because that means you're not really delivered from that sin or from that burden um so the best example i can give for sin with consequences is uh, credit card debt <laughs> so fun fact it is estimated that the u.s just the united states alone the people in the u.s owe 13.86 trillion dollars in debt that includes uh, mortgages auto loans credit cards student loans all of that yeah. <laughs> it's uh, four commas and 12 zeros, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so debt relates to sin like this. It starts with a temptation to buy something, right? You have a credit card as some limit, pretty, or like a really high limit or whatever. And the temptation itself is not the sin. It's when you swipe that card and buy something that you don't really need, right? Um, so... The sin would be falling into the temptation of buying. The consequence would be your credit score going down, along with you owing money to whatever company plus interest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that, that's the burden right there that you have to carry now. But the grace would be either you getting like a six month, you know, interest free financing. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, you set up a payment plan with the credit card company and that's your grace. They're allowing you to pay it off somehow. 
right? And to pay it off in, in our in our sense would be uh, Jesus already paid for it for us, right? And and so then that should hopefully stop you from swiping that card next time because you see those consequences, right? That's the key word is hopefully, but you know how debt works. <laughs> it's recurring. You know how debt works. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so yeah, that was my example there. So verses nine and ten, uh, I'll talk about not only that Jesus's blood is cleansing, it also unifies us as a whole, all the people, all the Christians in heaven and on earth. Uh, no matter where we are, we are all unified. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ because of Jesus's blood. Um, so. Verses 11 through 14. I got a question for you. Uh, yes, sir. So uh, ESV says, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. What do you think that is? Mystery of his will. So, um, by, how do they call it? You said, uh, what verse? Right after he talks about uh, the riches of grace that's lavished upon us, he says, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. What I think that means is um, he gave us wisdom and understanding through Jesus Christ when he came down into this earth. He, uh, Before he died on the cross, he went around preaching the gospel, preaching truth and wisdom and making sure that we have revelations and whatnot. And by Jesus doing that, he's giving us what he, what God's will is, what God's secretive will was before oh, Jesus came in. And also, um, this also colorized to um, Jeremiah 33, 3, um, understanding the other mysteries of personal will, like your personal calling at the same time. So the one that he mentioned is the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. So, but the other one is also the mystery also is also individually understanding what you play part, what you're playing a part in that mystery. Mm -hmm. So as a calling, you know, to be able to call people to, you know, God's will, so. Well, yeah. thank you. So moving on to 11 through 14. Uh, in him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the meanings of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Okay, so one thing that really stood out to me in these, uh, I, I love these, uh, these four, was the process of being saved and what happens behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So first, someone, somewhere, somehow gave you the gospel of Jesus. You heard it, you internalized it, you tried to understand it, you asked questions and whatnot. But as soon as you believed, as soon as that, as soon as it clicked in your head, uh, you were marked with the promised seal of the Holy Spirit, which is God's own internal spirit. So uh, I like to attribute this to us as people, human beings. We all have a spirit, right? 
Um, it helps us traverse the spiritual realm. It helps us discern certain spirits and other people and in the environment that we're in. But God also has his own spirit. We know it as the Holy Spirit. And he just gives that to us and marks us for uh, inheritance into the kingdom of heaven. So by him giving us his Holy Spirit, it solidifies and guarantees our inheritance into the kingdom. And absolutely nothing can take that away from us, no matter what we do. Again, back to the sins and what we, uh, you know, every time we mess up, no matter what we do, we'll always be welcome into the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, so before I move on to the next section, which is Thanksgiving and prayer, anyone have anything to add? Or... I just like that it uses like, like I don't, I don't remember exactly what wording it used in your translation, but like mm -hmm. just like the guarantee or like in the study notes it says or down payment, like the Holy Spirit is mm -hmm. like, it's like he's giving us like a taste of what it's going to be like when we're with him yes. in eternity. Are you guys reading English Standard Version? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. oh, Would you like me to switch to that or? No, oh, no, no. 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 Okay. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like they literally just flip the sentences backwards. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Like you'll read and grace to you first, and then yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on to Thanksgiving and prayer verses 15 and 16 here for this reason ever since i heard about your faith in the lord jesus and your love for all god's people i have not stopped giving thanks for you remember remembering you in my prayers um, in these paul is specifically talking to the people now he's saying uh he's he's giving thanks to god on behalf of the people of ephesus because they put their faith in jesus which basically he's celebrating he's happy he's grateful um, he asks god to give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation to help them get to know god better um, and it actually beautifully moves on to 7 through 17 through 19 saying i keep asking that the god of our lord jesus christ the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I'm going to stop right there because uh, one thing that uh, Abby has taught us here is to pray the word of God, right? So um, our favorite one is Psalms 91. Uh, he will not let you uh, strike your foot. He will send your angels concerning you. He will not let you strike your foot against the stone. Praying that directly to God and believing it as well, um, you know, it just gives you faith, it gives you that, that protection, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing we can do actually is pray uh, verses 17 through 19 like this. God, according to Ephesians 17 through 19, please give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I can get to know you better. I pray that the eyes of my heart may be enlightened in order that I may know the hope to which you have called me, the riches of your glorious inheritance in your holy people, and your incomparably, incomparably great power for us, for us who believe. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm just gonna start adding that to my prayer every time. It's a pretty nice. Uh, See, we, we tell you to try to pray as good as God for God's word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right? Exactly. Um, it's just grammar, really. It's just switching out the U's and the I's, basically. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so moving on to 19 through 21, the second half of 19, I should say. Um, that power is the same as the mighty strength that, uh, let me tell you. that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Um, so these ones are very powerful because uh, Billy Hamba or uh, Abby here talked about. Um, Miyama, by the way, that's my African name. So how do you pronounce it? I was going to ask you because I saw a cox pop up on your contact thing. Oh, Liamba. Liamba. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so we can name like John, Sarah. It's <laughs> way cooler. Um, okay, so 19 through 21. The same power that we prayed for God to help us open the eyes of our heart to understand uh, earlier on is the same power that raised Christ from the dead, one, seated him at the right hand of the throne above all rule, all authority, power, and dominion, every name, and every name that is invoked. Uh, so we hear the term king of kings uh, back in the Old Testament and everything, but in this instance, it made a lot of sense to me because it's imagine being the king of you know earthly realms and whatnot so back over there in the uk they have the kings and the queens over the uk and whatnot monarchy, monarchy basically yes but uh only to have another king jesus rule over you right? <laughs> uh and that king of kings is also king over presidents dictators and all leaders that exist yeah. ever and that's true power um, and moving on, that not only does he rule today uh, in the present age, but he has ruled before today, back in you know BCs and everything like that. Well, BCs before Christ, you? Yeah. but anyway, but he has ruled before all, and um, he will always rule forever and ever into the future. There are no successors, there are no uh, next of kin, and he cannot be dethroned. Um, but don't you guys really do appreciate that we have a final leader and ruler um, that we don't have to vote into office. We don't have to get the next Jesus into office. <laughs> it's not like a bipartisan issue. We don't have to, you know, it's just Jesus. He's just there. He's always going to be the king. Um, so I'm going to close by reading 22 and 23 um, to understand. And these verses basically help us understand what Jesus's role as the right hand is. So let's go to 22. And God placed all things under his feet and anointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in any way. In every way, sorry. So this basically is pretty head on. Uh, he is the supreme leader and head over everything that concerns the church. At the same time, it, the church is also his body. Um, and that body fills everything and makes everything complete.
this is this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth for there is one God and there is one mediator uh, for God and between God and men the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all man I've heard so many different um, viewpoints on predestination man I think it's probably the most it's probably it's probably a word that has more definitions than any other <laughs> word in the Bible. Like, I mean, literally, you go in a different denomination, they're gonna have a different um, uh, definition for it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Maybe they should just go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, what do you mean by this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> like, ask God. Like, if it makes you feel wrong, yeah. if it makes you feel different, you, know, you just don't feel good about it. Just ask Him, like, yeah. what is this? Why? And that's the reason why I believe in those things because there are certain things in the Bible that are very so you really have to understand the spirit of God otherwise we're going to get deceived a lot. Like if we don't study ourselves we're going to get deceived a lot. And those are the things that um, you see a lot of arguments because a lot of people try to use their revelation and base it on the Bible but you can't do that. Take the Bible literally. Whatever God told you believe it yourself. Don't try to make somebody else um, dilute the Bible and have a different whatever. And I think that's where the argument comes in. Like, this is this and this is that. You know, if you are not, I believe, like, if you're not understanding something, I'll give you an example. Um, I was reading the Bible one time, and then I, I, I didn't understand it. And then I told my brother, I'm like, they just say that putting, um, you know, extensions in your hair is like something, something. I forgot what word they use, so I got scared. I'm like, I'm not going to put any hair extensions in my hair because of that. that. So my brother explained to me what that meant and I was like oh and I was really scared to put that I was like you know the Bible says don't do that like that's just that you know and then he explained to me what it meant and I was like oh I came down and I was like oh that makes sense you know <laughs> see sometimes you need explanation to understand because I was like I'm not understanding what this is saying I'm like are you trying to tell me I'm not supposed to do my hair <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of thing so yeah just understanding the literal word of God yeah. and it's cool that you guys like like practice like going like doing each person like doing their own study and like going through each verse because like it's like when we sometimes we turn to others for like explanations like pastors like other people that we hear but, like and like Lucas and I have talked about this before is like we can't sometimes like we can't just if we don't read the word on our own and like understand it then we can just like listen and accept anything that we hear from other mm-hmm. people and like you know we don't know like a lot of times it's twisted like they're okay it's their interpretation but like we can't we're being led and if we just let that be our only source like Mm -hmm. oh we're just trusting this person Mm -hmm. to guide us Mm -hmm. correctly without having it in front of us like that's dangerous which is cool like that like with 1122 like when he goes verse by verse like there's not any question of like he's not you know like just some pastors like here's a, a couple verses and then here's what I think about it yeah like, I hate like, like, <laughs> yeah I think that's why I got when I when I heard Pastor Jovi I was like oh my gosh I have never I, the first thing that I told my brother I'm like you're gonna like the word that's what I told him I was like you are going to love the word because I've never seen somebody because to me it was like when I went I think it was in to how long? I think I was about 26, somewhere there, 24. When I went and I looked at the word, I'm like, he goes sentence by, I was like really intrigued. And I was like, this is so cool because I actually understood what the word of God was saying. Mm-hmm. Then somebody telling me a story and I'm just confused. I'm like, what are we talking about? Yeah. So at least, I mean, he's funny and I get it. Yeah. But, you know, the word was just like explaining that. That's how I, you know, really, I was like, I'm going to go, 
I'm gonna go to church. <laughs> Just because of the word. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's cool. expository preaching when you yeah. approach the verse, which is it doesn't necessarily well. Yeah, because you don't want like in this age we have to know the word of God. And if we don't know the word of God, you know, we and there were so many questions that I was going through and I remember I used to ask so many questions, but when I went to um I was able to actually understand like some of the stuff you get guilty for and then you're like oh I feel guilty for this and understanding something like just going verse by verse and understanding what God means you know is really important than people trying to use personal revelation because who can actually be I understand it's supernatural but sometimes I feel like I'm crazy too when I think about you know when I try to explain to somebody oh you know God told me this but other people are looking at you like, really? Did God really tell you that? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to believe on your own by yourself mm-hmm. until something happens. So that's the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes, you know, revelation is not for everybody. It just might be for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the way God wants you to understand. But it doesn't imply for everybody else. Yeah. So in that sense, right? So, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, that was amazing because uh, I have um, Ephesians 2. And uh, what what I love about Ephesians one is it basically sets up like this is what God uh, bought through Jesus for you, and in Ephesians two like goes back. <laughs> it's like okay, now let's try and remember where are we coming from as people, uh, and what was really the importance of the gospel um, and what it did to you in particular. How did it change you from this state to that state? That's what we're going to explore. Um, so uh, we're going to read, and then I'm going to stop um, at various places. And um, there's one place that I wanted to emphasize, because I think the, uh, the, the place that I want to emphasize is the deadness of our previous selves and the aliveness that Christ gives us. That's the transition that I uh, would like us to pay attention to. Um, so uh, there's one. As for you, you were dead in your trans- transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So let's look. Let's look at that. Does that give you guys hope? What is it, what are some emotions that come out um, with the with this first section? Mm-hmm. This makes me feel like uh, my prior life was pointless until I knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's good. You are yeah. That's that hits it on the nail, honestly. And that yeah. it's a perfect segue because the so I think about someone like Bill Gates, right? Yeah. so much to charity, you know, does so much good with what people think is good, mm-hmm. but then if you're not a Christian, what, what, what does it mean? It's all vanity. It's all Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, you, you definitely put it into perspective in the sense that no matter what both of you said, no matter what you do, it is useless. You are dead. It'll be like, um, trying to dress up like a dead horse, you know what I mean? Like it's on the ground and everything and you're trying to make it seem like it's alive and whatnot. And there's just nothing you can do to revive it. 
that's like the feeling that I get from this. Um, and so the let's see, qualities of deadness, I guess we can call it, um, are basically found in Romans 1, 29 to 32, which reads, um, they were filled with um, all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They were gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, ruthless, heartless, oh wait, did I say that? Uh, disobedient to parents, oh, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> they not only do them, but also approve, to, uh, approve, uh, wait, give approval to those who practice them. That's what I think of deadness. <laughs> it's, it's, it, there's so much that you can do wrong in your life that trying to fix everything is almost useless. And that's ultimately what the gospel teaches us. There's nothing good or bad that you can do that can qualify you for the salvation of God, but then once you're saved, disqualify you from the salvation of God. So, uh, in verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. What does that verse mean to you guys? How does that... No, I'm still hung up on inventors of evil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. How can you invent evil? That's crazy. Right? Seriously. Yeah. I think it's just like, it's such, like, we constantly have to be reminded of the gospel. Like, it doesn't matter, like, how many times we hear it. Like, we have to be reminded because, like, sometimes, like, we'll get to a certain place where we've been delivered from so much and yeah. we start to think that. It's something that we've done or like look at what i've come through and like only god did that like yeah. from the, our very salvation to like everything that he's brought us through yeah. from that point and like just and and the fact that like all the things that we even have done as christians like that's not what gave us our salvation like mm -hmm. and so like it's a reminder too to like not get caught up in our works like in our obedience to mm -hmm. god because at the end of the day like that wasn't what saved us anyways yeah. so like I had a stint in my life where I was very legalistic, would not watch any movies uh, that had whatever specific language in there, um, you know, like for example, do not use the Lord's name in vain, um, and you notice, right, in like G movies, they say specific words, PG movies, they say specific words, PG-13 movies, they say specific words, and so it, it got to that point where I was um, not only limiting myself, but I was limit bashing everyone. That, that was uh, in, in doing these things and you know it wasn't just that it was just a ton of things and when I went to uh, the summer training program at, at UNF uh, the navigators they um, the first one of the first uh, what is it sermons that we listened to was like what does God really want from me that was literally his question and my first question was obedience like he wants us to obey everything that he says and to live righteously, and that's it. And the guy's like, no, that's not the 
with him God wants from you. He wants you to trust him. That's what he wants from you. Obedience will follow after that when you trust him. But if you don't trust him, you become Pharisees, right? Those who can keep the law to the T, but they have no faith, they have no trust in God, so everything falls apart. Again, this sermon happened at the beginning of this trauma training program. It took like <laughs> so long to like process it because uh, again, I was so legalistic. I'm like, I need to be doing these things. I need to be, you know, reading the word this much or reading whatever. It's just so mm-hmm. much, and it, it ultimately becomes tiring. Is once you finally realize those secret things that are hidden in your heart, that you're like, you know, there's no amount of good I can do to wash these things away. That's when you're like, okay, God, I need your grace. That's all I need. What is, um, yeah. is it Peter and John? Were they talking? And they were asking Jesus, y'all, y'all help uh, maybe remember the verse where they like asked Jesus what they need to do, and Jesus basically like, you just need to believe in me. Or what does he say? Y'all know the verse I'm talking about? Uh, I thought it was the rich ruler. Yeah, the rich How's it go? Yeah. How's it go? The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, what, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus lists off um, some of the Ten Commandments, and he's like, all these I've kept from my youth. What am I This you lack. Sell everything and come follow me. Then you turn around. It's no, that's so not much. the verse I'm thinking of. Okay. Which one? You can Google it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about it since we got here. Gotcha. So, Peter and John who were asking. Well, no, I don't no, even know if it was Peter and John. But they were asking. Well, what about the. Um, so, you have the rich guy and then you also have Nicodemus. Is yeah. it? Nicodemus? How much should I do to be born again? And he's like, Must I enter my mother, my mother's room first? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, exactly. That's so, another one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's another one. I think. I'll see if I, I'll, let me see if I can find it because I don't even know how I'm saying. I don't. I'm not even saying it right. So <laughs> in John, in, but in John six, when um, Olanda, this pastor, say that's uh, one of the things that we say. Like they're asking, like you know, we had manna from heaven. Uh, oh, sorry, we had the bread. Our forefathers had the bread from heaven, um, and then Jesus, like, I'm the bread of life, always gave us this bread. And then I think he continued on to say, like, uh, what must I think they asked, what what work should we do? And then Jesus was like, this is the work of God to believe in me, something like that. I know yeah, that yeah, okay, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, I think that was from um, what Pastor Joby was yes. preaching yeah. on. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. From there, that's so. John chapter 6. Close to the end. <laughs> Somewhere in the 40s, so like 50s. Yeah. Okay. I was like, it, it was funny. He's like, we're going to read like 50 verses. And I was like, he's kidding. Like, That's what I thought it was too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, so continuing in verse. I think we're in verse 6. <clears throat> and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly in the heavenly realm, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age we might, uh, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Um, I think this aspect right here, seated in, with Christ in heavenly places, um, Paul is like stating a fact, right? So what we learned in First uh, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians one, was that. Uh, we have these spiritual gifts in heavenly places. So 
I think one of the spiritual gifts that he's talking about is now we have that seeing. Not only do we have the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, we have that seeing. We are right now with Christ in those heavenly realms. And so um, this is only possible, of course, with our spirit man and God's working. And, you know, I, I don't claim to fully understand what that means. But uh, it, it's, a, it's an amazing mystery that I don't think is ex- uh, excluded from us knowing. And that's where, like, you know, the brother was saying, like, we have all these spiritual gifts. We can ask, right, John, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3. Uh, we can ask God, what does it look like to walk in the things of the Spirit, to exp- uh, enjoy the gifts of the Spirit that you have uh, given and purchased for me in Christ Jesus? And what does it look like to be seated in heavenly realms? Uh, I think one thing, I'll ask you guys, the, but I think one thing is the authority aspect, right? The authority that we have in Christ, since Christ is reigning over the earth, I think it also exemplifies that we have authority in this uh, in this realm of the spirit. Um, what does it look like to exercise that authority? We can look at the life of Jesus, right? He commanded things, people, uh, or demons and, and things to obey his will, right? Even the wind and wave always obey him, is what the disciples said after he calmed the storm. So... Who knows? What is, is God going to call us to have such faith in times where the winds and the waves are ridiculous? And He's saying, "You, you have authority. Speak to them. Change the situation." I don't know. That, I don't know what you guys think. <laughs> I've always questioned, like, uh, it says in Matthew around where, where Jesus mountains. is talking. He always says, "You have faith of a mustard seed yeah. in the mountains." And I've always tried to take that literally, like, yeah. I have the faith of a mercy seed. Uh, can I move? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there with you. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how, how do we do this? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think those mountains, um, they can be physical, but typically mountains that are physical are not really in your way. We, yeah. you know, we just let them be in the, you know, the scenery in the background. So you can look at it from the mountains of your life, the things that are causing you not to progress forward in the destiny that God has for you. You can cause those mountains to move, and they will move, right? Mm-hmm. You know, cause this to be thrown into the sea, it will be thrown into the sea. So, yeah, I, I think that's exercising that heavenly authority, that heavenly, um, uh, that, that Jesus purchased. So, anything else? I guess just to kind of add on to that point too is like I think it's um, oh like when Jesus is going to raise Lazarus Lazarus like he says like oh I have to wait because like so that glory I don't exactly like know the words but like so that my glory can be made like or God's glory can be made through me or like something like that and like so when he's like if moving a mountain is going to bring God's glory like a physical mountain then it then it can be done, but if that's not really going to bring him glory, and there's something else that he can do with that time, then it's going to wait for that moment for you to have faith for that mountain, like even just not a physical one, but something that would do something for him. That actually gives hope to some of the mountains that we pray for and they don't move because, um, as you're saying, it's all about the timing. Like, uh, God does everything for to bring Himself glory, um, and that includes that thing happening in the right time. So, if He's gonna wait to bring Him the maximum glory, He's gonna wait. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but when I feel like I'm getting dragged through rough terrain, yeah. 
Uh, it's not until I come out on top of it where I realize how good it was for me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm really stubborn. And y'all know I got, <laughs> and y'all know I got a pride problem. Yeah. Right? I got to get hit in the head with a couple extra mountains and <laughs> tossed into the valley and left there for a little while to get, climb back up yeah, and realize it was good. Yeah. No, definitely. The moment sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what is that verse about present sufferings? Uh, Hebrews. That's my is so foundational for our faith. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah, maybe until a year ago where it even started to click in my head like what that means. Yeah, exactly. But again, in the moment, won't feel it. But, um, but you can definitely, uh, there's times where you sat and reflected about your life uh, past or coming out of a season where you're like, wow, thank you, you're going out. thank you, God, for letting me go through that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely understand. Um, verse. Uh, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do, do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. How does this verse, like, I'm pretty sure everyone familiarize themselves with this verse. How has it like impacted your life? If it has. I think for me it, it reminds me to serve and to give from a place of overflow. Mm-hmm. So uh, the intimacy I, I get with God um, reminds me that you know, not just scriptures like this remind me that you know there's no amount of work I can do to you know receive God's grace, but it's been lavished upon us, right? And I have to constantly check myself to make sure that whatever I'm doing, when it is serving, am I coming from a place um, to put a spotlight on me, or to like Pastor Debbie said maybe like two months ago when he was talking about reflecting like a mirror, God's glory, so he gets all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just a constant battle for me to um, take everything that w- I've been given and, and reflect it back on God. And, and you know, uh, it's, it's just it's a staunch reminder, you know, all the time. Yeah. You know, that, like, like it says, it's, a, it's been a gift specifically so that we cannot boast. Yeah. Specifically so we can walk in truth. I think it saves a lot of us from the burden of the musical performance. Yeah. Once you realize that you are uh, meandering into that territory of performing and whatnot, you realize how just heavy and just how beaten down you uh, are to yourself. And it's like, God's not doing this to you. Like, he is not doing this to you. You're doing this to yourself. Um, <laughs> and ultimately, uh, what I love is you get to walk with that freedom of doing the things of God 
with that look, with that overlook, what we're talking mm-hmm. about, is you need it, honestly. Um, especially when you're <laughs> dealing with people. <laughs> it's, it's one of those, like, um, it can get too much at times. Yeah. It's crazy. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Like, we're created to do those things. Yeah. Like, we're literally walking around on this earth to, like, reflect his glory. But, like, it's not his glory when it's out of uh, a self-seeking, self-gratifying heart. Yeah. But it's, it's almost like a switch. You switch on, you switch off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's almost like you need a meter behind your ear just, like, you know. Another uh, thing that solidifies this verse for me is a few times in the Bible, God always says, for there is no favoritism, mm-hmm. no matter what, no matter what you do, uh, rest in peace to Ravi Zacharias, but just because that, you know, he did so much for the Christian uh, faith. Mm-hmm. He's not above me who is, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm new to the faith, but I'm not on his level of theology, right? But I'm mm-hmm. still going to be there. I'm still going to be in heaven right next to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Man, I can't wait to tell this stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if like, you know how family trees organized um what there's just you, if you could just trace every person that is tied to you um, directly tied to you um and just see all the connections it's just a beautiful campus here i wonder if like we get to heaven we get to like talk to the person that introduced us to christ or um solidified our faith or encouraged us and stuff like that and just like surround ourselves with people and then they, in turn, are being surrounded by the people that touch them. And so you have, like, this, like, <laughs> this oh, incredible, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the expanse of the universe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That would be so amazing. And to, you know, in that vein, to, have, to see rather that far as in his influence. Like, how many people did he actually touch? That big circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's like these verses, like, we're talking about, like the people who were praying for us or yeah. brought us to Christ. And yeah. so think like they saw us when we were dead in our trespasses. And mm-hmm. not only were we dead spiritually, but they saw it in our actions and they yeah. still chose to love us and yeah. invite us to church. And like, I think like these verses are so good to be reminded of because sometimes like it's so easy to like point out what someone else is doing wrong or like to judge and remembering like they don't know, like they're not saved. Like, they haven't experienced the the grace and the free gift that we did receive. And so I feel like Paul's like saying like, okay, hold on before we go any further. Like, let me just remind you because as you like go out and you're wherever you are and there's opportunities to witness, like you're going to come across a lot of things that you might forget that you were also once there as well, like in some way, shape or form. Um, question. So, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. What, like God created the opportunities? What does that mean? What do y'all think? Um, for me, I believe um, the uh, the video that I sent out when I was trying to um, 
explained the lady was explaining saying that God calls us he's not um, what is it? he's not slow what does that verse say in Peter uh, God is not slow as some presume to do so yeah God is not slow in keeping his promises as some presume to do so yeah he is uh, he's patient not willing that all any should perish but all should come, come to repentance yeah. So I believe that God has, um, when we look in different um, spectrums of understanding how the Israelites work, I believe that the moment that you're born, you have something in you, and um, but it's the navigation of life that has to give you those moments and understanding that you are called, right? Some of us know when we're younger, and some of us don't know, and then until God draws us closer to him and then you suddenly you have like you mentioned last time for um when you started suddenly you just started noticing certain things you're like i want god i want something different mm -hmm. so that's the yearning that god puts in us in our hearts the part that can only fit with him and that's the reason why when it comes to god um there's only things that he can fill us in and he, that place that he has in our hearts is only for him so that's why um, he, when he's calling us to him um, there's always a resistance because we're trying to draw closer to him and then uh, of course you have you know spiritual warfare which is the enemy the opponent the accuser of brethren the enemy comes and accuses you all the time in, you know in the presence of God so in that situation you know God I'm trying to um, you know bring to dimension in my life how God was calling me to him right I gave my life to Christ but I still wanted to do my own stuff I was still fighting until the moment, you know, God is like, okay, that's enough wondering. Come to me now. Mm -hmm. See, at first he was calling us to him. Now we have to decide if we want to be in partnership with him. Mm -hmm. That's the thing we're having. So he slowly calls you to him, right? And then remember that he's the one who calls us. And then the last thing is that you're the one who, he chose you first, right? But you're the one who responds. That's why the narrow road says, um, you know, many, many are called. What is it? Many are called and few are chosen? Yeah. Yeah, so many are called, few are chosen. So it's up to you to respond. Mm -hmm. So I believe that it's already there, like it's already prepared in advance for you, but are you accepting of whatever um, calling that God has given you? Are you gonna be obedient? Now I've heard situations whereby people know their calling and they've actually never obeyed. They obeyed until like maybe their deathbed. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I wanna give my life to Christ. Now, you know, I think somebody was asking that question. Would it be, I think Miss Shaniko was talking about that, like, right? Yeah, you can have a chance of going to heaven still, even though you didn't obey your problem, but you still, even though you surrendered and you did that and you said, I repent, you still have a chance to go to heaven in that situation. Because we see that even with the, the thieves on the cross. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we see that on the, with the thieves on the cross where, um, you know, one of them says, um, remember me in paradise immediately in that. Now, he didn't do probably what God told, called him to do, but he had a chance, that one-time opportunity. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the grace is, hopefully, that God calls you to him. He has prepared everything for you, but it's up to you to respond. So in that moment, everything is prepared, but it's up to us to respond. He calls us to him, but it, he, you know, he doesn't want to force us. Because I've seen people who've actually rejected God, even though God has called them. Mm -hmm. So there's that notion. like They just choose to disobey there's your plan and there's God's plan. So I believe that you know God has prepared everything and it's everybody's choice. So just like you guys said, it's not predestined, it's a choice. 
to choose him. He calls you to you. Oh, that's to love. Him. That's true love that we can we have a choice. Yeah, we have a choice to, to choose Not be robots, you. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. so, yeah, that's the way I I mean I see it, so I don't know anybody else. Yeah. My brother it's so crazy what you just said, my bro oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say my brother was called to be a pastor in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Walked out of church camp saying he was supposed to be a pastor and completely rejected God up until now. Wow. Okay. What were you gonna say? Um, well, there's still time. <laughs> <laughs> there's still time. There you go. We're gonna put it that way. There's still time. Yeah. There's a reason. Just my one more. Circumcised by those who called, uh, who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. This part is pretty significant because it really puts it in perspective how secluded. God was with the Israelites and that covenant that he had with them, the Mosaic covenant and, you know, the 613 laws, like, um, that was for his chosen people. And that was the, uh, the way that he instituted the, the sacrificial system for the forgiveness of sins. And so thinking of it, like, as a Gentile with Ephesians, they, all they could do is look and see. And there was no hope, as he says, right? Foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. That's, I don't know, that, that's how dead <laughs> that Paul is trying to force this idea on us. Because I know a lot of people, you ask them, like, do you think you're a good person? Right? And all of them will say yes, right? And then when you go through the list of the ten, just the Ten Commandments, at least like the bottom six, you know, from honor your father and mother to do not bear false witness, uh, or do not covet, sorry. Um, everyone is going to fall short of that. And so what Paul is even saying here is like that covenant that God made with his own Israelite people, you were not even a part of. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, hope, oh my goodness, he's, if he had stopped it, imagine, imagine if Paul stopped it. But later on uh, in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. For he himself is our peace, uh, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Um, what do you think that, that means to you guys? Yeah, and also think of the racial tensions that the Jews and, and Gentiles had. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what that's talking about. Um, if you were not in the in the group in the know, like you were basically ostracized, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it was what what did they say? Like Romans and Jews, especially in the time, they didn't like eat together, associate with each other. Yeah. So yeah. this was yeah, Peter got bashed for that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it, it's it's that. That tension, that uh, 
all of us, you know, like we may be able to uh, attest to it, and we not may not be attest to it. But in this context, it was not more just like a racial, it's like uh, you know, a theological divide. There was just so many things that divided these people, um, and this is verse fifteen. By setting aside in his flesh the law with the uh, with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. What does that mean to you guys? Definition of reconciliation. Yeah. Peace with God. Yeah. I definitely um, enjoy the the idea that, uh, what does it say in Romans? There is no Jew, Gentile, slave, free, male, female. There is no longer those divides. The things that uh, do divide us no longer divide us in Christ. They do not hinder us from coming into the gospel, nor should we allow them to hinder those who want to enter into the gospel uh, as well. Um, Because God has already destroyed the wall of hostility. Um, Also, I was thinking of the curtain when Jesus uh, died and then the earthquake. That's what I was thinking of as well. The wall, the curtain rips from top to bottom. Allowing now access, um, God and man, no longer through this sacrificial system, but through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I was going to say, I also believe it ties into verse 10 from Ephesians 1, where mm-hmm. he says, To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good idea. This is verse 17. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. I think these verses really point to us understanding, you know, what is the foundation of our faith and making sure that we hold on to that foundation because there's going to be, as you know, she was saying, there's going to be a lot of voices that are going to try and put in their own opinions and say, no, you need to build here. Right? We need to build on this platform instead of building on the foundation of the gospel and Christ. And the sooner we can realize that this is how people are leading us away to build, the sooner we can realize, no, I'm not, or the quicker we can make that decision, no, I'm not going to fall for that. Because there's a lot of opinions in this world that are uh, contrary to the gospel at its core that look on the outside beautiful. Um, and I, I, yeah, and if we're not careful, especially if they put in like a Christian lingo to it, we will be led astray. So I think this verse really points out like, uh, the built on this is verse uh, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus Himself as a cornerstone, making sure that that is our cornerstone. Oh, and the other verse is um, Psalms nineteen, my favorite one. Verse what was it eleven or nineteen again? Remember oh. I'll tell you and then you correct oh, me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, where it says, um, "I have hidden the my word." In yeah, I have hidden your word in my heart. So that I might not sin against you. Yeah. I love that because, like, one time I was struggling with a lot of things, so I kept on reciting that over and over to myself. 
that God, I'm hiding these words, you know, in my heart so I don't sin against you. So bring those words to, like, remind me again so I don't do the things, you know, that I'm falling short to and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, <coughs> no, um, uh, yeah definitely understand that. Because um, especially when the enemy, he's whispering, and it's not even, like, outside voices. It's, like, right here. In your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The battle of the mind, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then... Verse In him, the whole building is joined together and raise, rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Um, I love it because this is like you now a picture of God has like the, the wider church, um, you know, what he's done with in terms of salvation and creating. Um, you know, believers everywhere in the world, but they all at the end there, it's more personal, right? So I love that God is, you know, he's a big picture God, but he's also a very personal God. Um, because I know a lot of religions, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to eliminate the individuality, right? If you think of like Buddhism and Sikhism and Hinduism, it's like your goal is to either extinguish desire and, and go to this euphoric, heaven where you are nothing. You become a god or you get to be included in this like blanket of God. So you lose your individuality. And it's like that's not God, right? He's going to save the world as much of it as he can, but he's going to take care of, you know, leaving the 99 for the one, right? So um, Personal love. I love pers- it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's a personal God. Very personal. Well, any yeah, yeah. You remember the other day we were, we had that message playing, and you were like, "I haven't heard him say Jesus one time." <laughs> <laughs> like I think it was Stephen Furtick. Oh yeah. And, you know, it's just crazy to me. That verse reminds me that if, you know, it's not if it's not if whatever you're talking about or witnessing about or really like if we're Christians, we can say we base our life on Jesus, right? Like mm-hmm. if. If we're around somebody, uh, I mean, that's a good way to spot out a false teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, like, when she said that the other day, it scared me to think how many, because, like, I don't even watch other messages from other pastors anymore, because I, <laughs> I don't want to be led astray. Yeah. Gonna, you know? <laughs> and, you know, it just, like, reading that makes me think, like, oh, man, if it's not all about Jesus, everything about Jesus, yeah. he's the cornerstone, he's the founder and perfecter of our faith, then I don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not anything that's beneficial for me. Yeah. And it's, it's also understanding, um, in, you know, the dimension of uh, uh, deceptive spirits, you know, they come to, de- to deceive you. Because sometimes when people are preaching, I remember one time um, we were listening uh, um, to a prophet and we didn't know that she actually was a witch in yeah. a sense. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and I kept on having these dreams. I'm like, why am I having these dreams? I'm not understanding this. So I kept on praying about it. And then suddenly somebody revealed the deception that she had so sometimes it's um idolizing somebody because they have this gift and understanding and this is why i always remind my siblings i'm like it isn't there's nothing special about you know the gifts that i have it's just a different um you know a different calling so do not idolize anything else everybody has that's why you know it's called um a communion you know uh, what would you call it the gospel of god right to each he has given this, to that one he has given that. Mm-hmm. So everything plays in whatever. 
So, and then, you know, and at that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I have itching ears. I'm just sitting over here, you know, idolizing this person. So excited because I'm like, and then that's when, you know, you start hearing voices telling you not to, you know, use the gifts that God has given you because you're like, oh, they do better than me. Oh, they do this. And then you shut yourself down because those spirits are basically blocking you. And then that's the reason why you have to be careful because some people come with spirits. So you have to be careful what you listen to. And, then, you know, you have to always, you know, be open to be discerning. And then God always shows us that, um, what is that verse that says, um, I think uh, Timothy, when Paul teaches Timothy and says, Timothy, my son, um, remember the prophecies that were spoken over you something, something? Mm -hmm. and then um, reject something. Hold on, what's that? Because that was like my favorite one. First Timothy, let me find it. First Timothy. Oh, somebody can Google it. I don't remember. <laughs> Rejects something. Which we like to say it too. You forgot? <laughs> <laughs> she likes to say it all the time. She's the one who's like, no, you mean this? Test the spirit. That's what it says. Test the spirit. Something mm -hmm. about testing the spirit. That's verse First John 4. No, no, no. Timothy also says that. Oh. Mm -hmm. Rejects. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Reject. Test every spirit or yeah, test. Or, uh, I can't remember. Oh, I said, I said test, like test, <laughs> test. No. Test every spirit. Let's see. Anything else? It's only coming up with John. I want a Timothy one. I think Timothy 4 6. Timothy? Read it. No. Whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone unto the world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was just very interesting, you know. And then I think it goes on, verse 5 says, When you test, reject what is good. I mean, <laughs> reject, what is good. <laughs> reject what is good. <laughs> reject what is bad. And then, you know, receive, you know, reject what is bad and receive what is good. So, those are the things that you have to understand. So, you have to be careful how your ears are. Cause, and then also you have to know the word of God. It always goes back to the word of God. Know you, the word of God yourself. Because um, we have tendencies of like, oh my gosh, this person is doing this. And you idolize the person without knowing you're idolizing them. And whatever it is that they're projecting um, through whatever you're watching. And then you start having the same thing. I don't know if you guys ever had this thing where you sit next to somebody and you're like, I know this person. I was like, I feel something. Like people say vibes. I feel this presence over here. I'm not understanding what it is. And then people always, um, I think somebody told me last time, they're like, if you ever feel like, you know, somebody's bad and then you discern that they're bad, that means they're bad. Their spirit mm -hmm. is bad. It's not the fact that, and then you try to override it and try to be a nice person and go like, I'm going to override that. When the spirit, those are, um, that's a discernment. The spirit is telling you, no, stop. Like, protect yourself. Or you can ask God, you know, why am I feeling this way about this person? And those are the things that we do. So we text the Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, God, because the fruit of the Spirit is joy, peace. So that person is supposed to exude all those presence, the Spirit of God. And then you know that they're from God. Because the Bible says we shall know them by the fruits, you know, by their behaviors and by what they do. So if you ever meet somebody and you just feel like, why well, am I feeling like I'm in danger or something? Mm -hmm. Like whatever. I don't know if you guys have had, when you like hang out with your friends and then like, well, the friends, of course, when you feel like, why am I feeling like this? Like you yeah. feel unease. Because it's the Spirit of God, but for us, we're like, yeah, because <laughs> we're in the, we don't understand, 
you know, we never were so in tune with the Holy Spirit that we overrode everything else. And you're like, God, please, if you save me today, I'll never do this again. <laughs> so and then you do that. But that was just basically the, you know, the signals from the Holy Spirit. But since we're, you know, back then we were not in tune so well that we didn't understand what God was telling us. So, but now as you grow up, when, when you feel... You know, when I feel something with somebody, I'm just like, why am I feeling like this? Why is this person like this? And I clearly ask God, and then God shows me. For me, that was a test. Actually, God was testing me in that moment because I was always having, my best friend used to tell me something. Stop watching that lady. And I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong. You know, I don't want to be judging people. And <laughs> so, and then she said the same thing and find out. And I'm just like, if I tell you I cried, I was like, no, what's going on? So those are things that we have to understand. Just understanding how to, you know, test the spirit, using the word of God. Does that person um, speak the name of Jesus? I think there's another verse that's talking about, I think Timothy continues saying that anybody who rejects um, Jesus, um, can you read it? Find what? it again. It was the one that I'm thinking. Do you have it? No, it's the same one, the same um, part. So it's, um, so it's Second Timothy, what? What was the, the one you were talking Three, four, three, or three, four? I think it's, uh, I don't know, I don't have it. Oh, it's um, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. That's what it says. 2 Timothy, actually. Yeah, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy, and let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, yeah, so. Where is it at? This is just so weird. What did you, wait, what did you read, Rachel? I don't know, I just Googled it. You just Googled it? Yeah. What? Uh, guys, if I find it, I'll just send it to you guys. Because I'm not understanding it. I think that's what I um, I did to this lady because she basically was um, arguing with me about um, a prophetic word. and um, So I sent her... You, want me, I, you found it? That's it. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. No, that's not the one. But anyway, but anyway, so that's basically what happened. I was able to give her that verse and tell her, you know, if you know who God is, if you think that I'm um, coming up with some shenanigans, you test the spirit. If you have the spirit of God, the spirit of God is in tune with his spirit. So if I have the spirit of God and you have the spirit of God, the two will agree. Because if it's not in agreement, it's going to contradict everything. So one of us has to be lying. <laughs> that's why, you know, one of us has to be lying. You know, of course I didn't tell her that, but I told her, I was like, you need to test the spirit yourself. If I was coming from, you know, a different spirit, test the spirit yourself. Understand yourself. You need to know yourself, who your God is, and that's it. So, and I told her, like, don't come over here and argue with something, you know, because I know who my God is. But do you know who your God is? Because if you are not understanding who, how the spirit works in you and how the Holy Spirit talks to you, because God has, um, he's very um, individually, like, with the way he talks to you is not the same way that he talks to, you know, he's very Personal. personal yeah so and that's the reason why and a lot of people argue well god didn't say you how do you know <laughs> know your god by yourself i know my god by myself and then understand that if our spirit are in agreement they will agree because if we have the same spirit they will communicate because the spirit of god will not prove himself to be a lie you know and stuff so yeah yeah so, yeah yeah, I started being careful. I'm like, I'm, I'm not listening to anything. I just started reading my own Bible. I'm like, let's just read the mm-hmm. word of God. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm scared to listen to a, a big multitude of pastors. Ooh. Opinion, what did I tell you? 
they would call us brother and sister, that uh, we may be a part of their family now, God. And uh, I pray that if there would be any way that we could be for them, be here for them, or vice versa, that you would just make a way, God. Uh, may our friendship and uh, the love that transcends through all of us um, uh, just be so vibrant amongst us, God, that um, uh, we may walk uh, out of these doors and just praise your name, because we do, God, we love you so much, and we uh, are just so thankful that you would call us sons and daughters, and that you didn't leave us behind, Lord, you've been here all along, you never cease to amaze us, because you're so great, you're so beautiful, you're so loving, you're so kind, you're so gentle, so, so gentle, God, we just love you so much, we thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, that was nice. What were you reading, <laughs> well, actually, I thought it was the verse I was reading, but 